in real life, do I want to heal someone's boo-boos? No. In fantasy life, do you want to be like, I saved them through my love? Mm -hmm. Like, sure. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And again, that's where real life and fantasy life are different. Exactly. Right. Anyang SAO, welcome to Afternoon Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, romance novelists, and your K Romance guides. So grab some deck bokey and listen to your new favorite unease. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hello. Hi there. <laughs> we had an extra hey in there. We did. We did. What happened? Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> we have a special guest today, everybody. All the way from Afternoon Army, we have Tanya today because she's at my house. It's true. Yay! We're having a slumber party. <laughs> For three Why days. is Tanya at your house, pray tell? Mm. Yeah. So, Not that she needs a reason. But. <laughs> right, but why did she fly here from Kansas? Other than eating the pizza that we had tonight. Yes, I. so lovely. I texted her and I was like, have you ever had or do you want to try like legit Chicago deep dish pizza. And she's like, absolutely. And I'm like, I'm going to order you what is my favorite, which is Luminati's. Luminati's does not sponsor this podcast, but it sponsors my life. <laughs> and was is I, it deep dish? It's deep dish. Yeah. And was I right? Was so I've never good. had it. It's so good. It's so good. And I, I grew up right outside of New York, so I'm a, a New York pizza snob. Oh. But this, if you just put it in a different category, it's amazing. It's its, it's, its own it's thing. Yeah, it's, it's its own thing. It's its yeah. own thing. Yes. So we had that, and we had that, and Caesar salad with zero sausage on it. <laughs> <laughs> Being the purists that we are. Yes, but Tanya is here because is it even pizza if there's not a sausage on it? No. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tanya messaged me uh, about a month ago and was like, "Hey." The Rose is doing a post-Lollapalooza show on Friday, August 4th. And if I got us tickets and came to town, would you want to go? It's at 11 p.m. (laughs) 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 And I said, yes. I am not almost 50 years old. We're not I'm going to do this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm going to do... And so, yeah, long story short is she got... um, She got the tickets and they're... I mean, like... Just think about what you spend nowadays for tickets, right? This is going to be the Rose at like a thousand person venue for 60 bucks a ticket. Mm-hmm. That's, That's amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's amazing. I don't think they're going to play places like this very often yeah. in the future because they're getting bigger. So I think it's... But I have to go to a big event at work tomorrow. So Tanya's going to go to the city and then go to Lala, which I wish I was going to Oh, you her. are? Yeah. Yes. They're well, playing at nine o'clock. Uh, so I'll see the Rose at nine. Uh, New Jeans is actually performing. <gasps> I know. Oh, I love New Jeans so right, they're much. They're so great. Oh my gosh, they're so much fun. I just yeah. it's like just such a youthful, like fresh vibe. I love them. Uh, yeah, and if anybody doesn't know, they're on. Aren't they on? Are they on Big Hit? They're under the Hive yeah. umbrella. Or, yes. Yeah, they're with Adore. Yeah. Adore. Yeah, mm-hmm. Adore, which is part of. Um, the Hybe subs- it's a Hybe okay, subsidiary. Okay, right. So they're not on Big Hit, but they're under Hybe. Yeah. So anyway, they're and they're great, and they have they've been getting a lot of critical acclaim. They have a lot of creative control over their music, and they're just really fun. So yeah, so that'll be great. So I'm gonna go see them around five, and then um, an alt rock band called uh, Portugal the Man, 
And oh, yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. I love that. And then the yeah. roses are right after that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I need to look it up when we're done with this because somebody at work, a uh, guy at work today who's planning on doing some concerts this weekend too, said that he said that Portugal the Man's doing a post Lala show on Friday. And I'm like, oh, if we're already going to be in the city, let's. You can t- totally <laughs> talk me into it. it <laughs> we'll see. We'll difficult. see. I'm not sure where they're going to be um, and how much that costs, but we'll see. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. And so you're going to go to the show at nine and then you're going to go see a late night show? No, no, no. no. They're Friday. So they're Friday. The, the, at, okay. the post Lala show is Friday. So she's going to go see them tomorrow at Lala at nine. And then she's going to ah. take the train back to Barrington, where <laughs> I'm going Amy. to pick her up post midnight. <laughs> Poor Amy. Oh. That's some late nights for you, Amy. It is, yeah. but, but I, I I stay up usually past midnight anyway, so yeah. it's okay. I thought about right. getting her room, but Amy said no, 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 no. No. She'll just watch K dramas. Yes, it's an excuse while she's to watch waiting. Well, I'll first I'll get a trivia, yeah. and I'll have a couple beers, and you know, nice. sharpen my mind with trivia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then come back. Well, um, so I have something to tell you guys because I, okay, so do you remember last podcast that I talked about how Neil was like, oh, you know, in case of a zombie apocalypse, I can just fast. Yes. And I was right. like, again, like, good freaking for you. So, And I don't think that's a very good survival strategy, Neil. Whatever. So annoying. Well, so he's like, he was already really insufferable about that. Then two things happened this week that I'm ready to like throw him out the window. So number one, he did this thing where basically like he gets his blood drawn, he like gets the results back and they tell him all kinds of things. You know, they do that now. It's like inside track or inside tracker. I don't know. I'm supposed to do it, but I don't want to now. Um, I'm basically boycotting because of what happened. So he gets the results back and I'm not home. Um, So he texts me just a screenshot. And basically it says, you know, your real age, which my husband is 40. And then it says your body age, like based on your blood and all your stuff. Mm -hmm. His body age is 36. (laughs) (laughs) And he thinks he is, that is four years. He is acting like he is 21. (laughs) He is like, oh, and then he's like, oh, my, you know, my 36-year-old body. And I'm, it, we're all, like, the whole family's like, shut up, Neil. No one cares about your 36-year-old body. So then we go to um, Baltimore because Under Armour. So Under Armour is, like, based in Baltimore. I don't know if anybody knows that. Um, and they built this brand new training facility. And they were having essentially kind of like an event there where you can go and you sign up for heats and you run a mile on this, like, brand new track. And it's, it was really cool. It's a really cool community event. It's not like all the, there was a there was a pro race like later that night, but it was like just amateur people, like everyday people going to race. And Neil and Dane were in the same heat. So it was like, obviously, it's like Neil Erickson, Dane Erickson. And they even had like an announcer in like the center, like courtyard area. Okay. But then we found out later that they did live stream the event. And there were two announcers who like, did the announcements so they weren't there they basically were like watching the live stream and then they were like paid to like give commentary okay and so neil's like oh the next morning he's like oh you know the the live stream is up why don't you know why don't we watch it and i was like did you already watch it and he's like yeah and he has this this weird look on his face and i was like okay so we sit down it's a mile it lasts seven minutes so we're watching it and at the very end of the race like 
both like uh, Dane is he's my son. He is 12 years old. And I just want to preface like my son looks 12. He looks like a little he looks like a boy. OK, not a young man. And uh, my husband is 40, body age 36. <laughs> and so Dane is, is that how he's looking at like when people ask him his age from here on yes. out? I'm 40, body yes. age 36. Yes. So they're running and the announcers, uh, they're, they're both like finishing the race and they're kind of like sprinting at the end. I was really proud of them. And Dane crossed the line first, but Neil was like right after him. And the announcers were like, oh, looks like Neil Erickson's trying to catch up to his brother. <laughs> <laughs> is he, is he, is he no. now totally insufferable? I, like, I'm not joking. They said brother. <laughs> So, okay, my, this is grounds for divorce. Yeah. My son thinks it's the funniest thing. Like, my son just thinks it's hilarious. But Neil is, he has been the worst. All week. Like, he's like, you've been in a, you've been in a bad mood. And I'm like, it's because you're fucking annoying. Because <laughs> he's like, where's my brother? Where, have you seen my brother? Did my brother clean his room? Is my, is my brother ready for soccer practice? And I was like, you know what? I don't like I'm seriously like I'm in a separate room from him in this house because I just can't. I can't deal. <laughs> I can't deal. Beyond insufferable. Oh, no. I want to know. I want to know exactly like I want to bring him in here right now. And give him a mic. <laughs> no, no, because he'll just be like, mm. he doesn't like as soon as you put him. <laughs> You're like, look, your hair is very youthful, Neil. <laughs> yeah, but it is full salt and pepper. Like, just so you know, there's like b- nary a brown ha- hair. Some hair. <laughs> it is very full. He has a full head of hair, but it is like I'm like yes, he's a 36 body age, right? but he looks like a 40 year old man. And when they said <laughs> trying to catch up to his brother, I thought I, I mean you should have seen my face. I my love that he sat you down and made you watch this. <laughs> He made, he made, cause I was like, I've seen, I just saw this last night. He's like, no, 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 we got to watch the live stream. And I was like, okay, like, I, okay, well, I'll sit on the couch and watch it. Like we, he needed everyone to sit down and watch this. And I mean, my jaw just dropped. I actually couldn't even make a sound. And I just, I just looked at him. Like, I go, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, do not want to hear it, but. Yeah, so anyway, just had to tell you, and I guess, I mean, I can maybe segue, unless someone else has something they want to, they need to get off their chest. Because I was thinking, like, we can, I can mention, you know, who else can be very insufferable is Chables. (laughs) (laughs) What, what what does Neil have in common with Chables? They're insufferable. They're insufferable. I'm just saying. Poxo June and what's wrong with Secretary Kim? He would absolutely want to know his body age. <laughs> oh my gosh! You need to show him. You need to show Neil Poxo June doing aura because that—that's yeah. Neil right now. Like he's just—I mean, yeah. Oh, he's just basking in his healthiness. Uh-huh. And you know what? He made a doctor's appointment for the first time in ten years. And I'm like, you only made a doctor's appointment so they can tell you how healthy you are. Like you don't give a <laughs> shit. You don't. You don't actually. He 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 just wants them to be like, oh yeah, you're so healthy. Good for you. Oh, yeah, you yeah. run. <laughs> there was a kid trauma that like, did body. Excuse me. I now need a two hour shower to self reflect on my healthiness and self pleasure. <laughs> They did oh, um, body age in Oh My Venus. I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? Yes. See, I, I still I have a been... drama in a sense. And isn't um, Shimon Na in that? Yes. Um, 
Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, I've been wanting to see that actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a thing. All right, did they get? Did they gain a whole four years? <laughs> <laughs> I think she was much older. This was the part of the issue. Oh, and she, yes, right. it was very shameful. Right. I know. No, we're not going to shame. We're not going to age shame <laughs> no. here. Not no. at all. Exactly. No, we're going to actually age shame Neil for acting like we're going to age shame thirty six. We're going to age shame you if you're younger. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. All right, Amy. Why don't you take it away? Yeah. Let's get to it. You here. did a, a very, very good job on this script today. I like Amy went full like teacher, instructional learner, nerd, and I really loved it. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So just to start things out, since today's show is not about one particular drama, but about a character archetype in dramas, the table, we are not going to have our traditional non-spoiler and spoiler sections of the show. What we will do is try to not fully spoil any dramas, which I don't really think that this does at all. But we'll give you a heads up before we discuss any drama that might have, you know, a little bit of a spoiler. But I think that we did pretty well here. So I don't think y'all have anything to worry about. And the reason we're doing this is because I still haven't watched because this is my 19th life. <laughs> see you. No, it's see you in my 19th, 19th life. life. So let me just say that. Oh, yeah, see you in my I had no intention life. of throwing you under the bus. So you did it for yourself. So. Yeah, me either. Because sometimes I uh, clearly I get blocked on dramas as well because I famously got thrown under the bus this summer. So I'm not going to I'm not going to come down on you for it. I We will just, you know, we. It might it might just be Amy and I, and that's okay. We will be covering See You in My 19th Life on the podcast. It will be done. It's just we're going to have to wait until... You got yeah, two weeks, Leah. 12 episodes, two weeks. Until Megan's back from London. I don't know why I'm blocked on it. I don't... I was watching Rain or Shine, which I have a lot of feelings about, and we will unpack that in another podcast as well. Yeah, I'm excited and I just that. I wasn't ready to go into another drama, especially not... This one. It's I don't okay, know what but like, what about before you watch Rain or Shine? <laughs> because we were well, supposed to do this drama started, last okay. week. Okay, let me just say that we watched the Sell You on a K-Drama. We, or we watched, we did the Sell You on a K-Drama, where we watched See You on My 19th Life or King the Land. It was Love It or Leave It. You it wasn't and Sell Megan you. both were like, we are sold on See You on My 19th Life. Yeah. Off we go. I started watching King the Land. Right. That's not my fault. I just got invested in that one instead. So, I know, like, but then you watched others. Then you watched other stuff. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not. You're not. Your defense really sucks. We've got a lawyer here. What's her house her defense? Obviously, nothing's happened with BTS in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> you're watching in the soup, <laughs> which is like 2000, 2021 BTS. <laughs> I'm really into it right now. <laughs> it's okay it's okay all right it's all right we i'm just saying we will cover it and you have three weeks actually not two yeah weeks. Three but weeks. that's why and i mean i no apologies because this is a great topic i know and i, I just want to say this was my idea it was it was and i like it so here we go i've got a game so i have okay. a list um on the page here that you all can't see but i've put a picture over it so that megan and leah and tanya can't see it and hopefully they all behaved and did not look Okay. I did not. So we're starting Western. We're going to move Western to Eastern. So in 2011, Forbes posted an article titled The Forbes Fictional 15, Help Us Identify the Richest Fictional Characters. 
So hidden behind my photo is the list that they came up with. So off the cuff, I asked all of you without doing any research, who are five fictional characters you think might be on this list? So remember that these characters have to have existed in or before 2011. So to help narrow it down, I let everybody know that this is a list of Western characters and none of them are romance heroes. We'll get to that in a bit. I only did four. I didn't realize it was five. You didn't get the five in italics and bold? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let me know, everybody. Yeah, I... Uh, this was really hard. I will tell you, my fingers were itching to Google. Like all, I was just, because if Cause you want to know if you're I, right, right? Well, I drew a complete blank. I was like, who? Oh my, like I, it took me a while. I sat there and these are what I came up with. I'm not confident, but I tried my best. Um, So Jay Gatsby, which we'll get to him later. James Bond, Batman or Bruce Wayne, Iron Man Tony and Stark. Professor. You don't know his name? Tony Stark. Stark, Right, right. right. (laughs) And Professor X. I, like, again, I'm not confident. I just tried, I tried my best. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I did four. (laughs) But I did say Bruce Wayne and not Batman. You did. (laughs) Yeah. So Bruce Wayne, then Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. Oh. Scrooge McDuck, who took money baths. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Daddy Warbucks from Annie. I didn't even think about Daddy Warbucks. Did not even cross my mind. Like, that's a good one. I. Yeah, that was the only one I could think of. I drew a blank on the rest. I came in on short notice. So. Yes, yeah. she did. I don't know she why, was traveling. Why am I drawing a blank on this when there's so many rich characters in, in movies and TV? It's hard yeah. when you're it is hard. put on. It is hard. Yeah, and I. Hard. So I saw the title of the list. And so immediately the first things that came to my head were Bruce Wayne and Tony Stark. Because I go immediately to, to superhero you know, right. millionaire, billionaires, whatever. Um, so you guys had some good stuff and I'm, I'm pretty impressed. So let's, I'm going to do okay. the big reveal now. Yay. Okay. I want to see. Get rid of the picture. <laughs> Carlisle Ooh. Cullen from Twilight. Really? So I'm going to, I'm going to link. About Twilight, but I wasn't sure if it was before 2011, but of course it was. Ugh. I'm going to link to this article in the show notes so y'all can see it because it gives in the article itself, it gives like how much they're estimated at being worth. So this is the order wow. of their richness. So Carlisle Cullen, <gasps> number one. Okay. Scrooge McDuck. Wait. Woo! Oh, I didn't have thought. You love Scrooge McDuck too. You mentioned Leah, look at number 12. Really you had the two animated ones here. Two big animated ones. Wow. I never would have thought that. Yeah. So three, Richie Rich. Oh, man. I forgot about Richie Rich. Four is Tony Stark. Yay. Five, Jed Clampett. Sorry, I'm missing an L there. Jed Clampett from the Beverly Hillbillies. Mm. I guess we should say who everybody's from. I'm going to say this name wrong because I don't read or watch The Watchmen. Adrian Veidt? 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 V-E-I-D-T. I'm sorry. Mm. Correct me. Somebody. Or, yeah, Ozymandias is his superhero name from The Watchmen. Bruce Wayne. The Tooth Fairy. What? That's ridiculous. I agree. (laughs) Why is she richer than Santa? That's Well, Santa doesn't collect. Yeah, I feel like the Tooth Fairy should be richer than Carlisle. Yeah, the tooth. But she's collecting teeth. 
<laughs> That's true. She gives money. She's paying for teeth. She's paying for teeth. I don't know. And what is she doing with the teeth to have all this money? It's a little I don't crazy. understand. Wacky. Investing. How do they give number eight to the... This is a bullshit list. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I miss something and it's like the tooth fairy from a movie or something. But even still, I don't know. Okay. Thurston Howell from Gilligan's Island. Sir Topham Hat. So anybody who's had any experience with Thomas the Tank Engine... What? I would have One. said he was like the wealthiest fellow in the world. I know, but he's he's a train. No, no, no. Thomas <laughs> is a train. Sir Tom oh. Hat is not a train. We have ducks on this list, okay? <laughs> yeah. I'm, wait, who is Sir Top? He's like hat? the little British. Dude. He's the top hatted guy who like oh, owns all my the ki- trains or the train. My kids never watch that. Okay, okay, okay. Artemis Fowl, who is I don't um who is that? So there's a series of books by Owen Colfer. And they're called Artemis Fowl. Artemis Fowl is actually like a, I think he's like a 12-year-old kid, um, like super, who wants to be like a super villain. Um, that's Artemis Fowl. Okay. Um, C. Montgomery Burns from The Simpsons. So go, Leah, with that one. Yeah. Chuck Bass from Gossip Girl. Mm. Jay Gatsby finally makes the list. Yeah. Yeah, nice one. And Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development. So finally, we've got That's a woman on here. Lucille Bluth. I love Arrested Development. Oh, my gosh. I'm very surprised by this list. But I think we did pretty good then. Yeah. Like, with as far as, like, with overlap, we had we had a handful of names. So nice job, everybody. Yeah. No Daddy Warbucks, though. Hmm? So Sir Topham Hat. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still here. Sir <laughs> Topham Hat. They are deciding... Well, Leah's looking like, at um, Leah's looking at his his estimated. Yeah, they're estimating his worth at two billion dollars. Sir Topham Hat in twenty eleven. Actually, do in twenty eleven. He's a and then he's I, a like, train. He's a train table. Like, well, <laughs> people are like Sir Topham Hat is not an evil capitalist overlord. In fact, he's quite generous. Like people are like ranting about this on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and i love okay, it that's a, well, that was fun though i like I haven't it thought about sir topham hat in some time yeah <laughs> nor i so nice job everybody so yeah why does this all matter because the billionaire slash millionaire slash richie rich character is a common archetype in everything from classic literature to situational comedies to superhero franchises this type of character is pretty much ingrained in the cultural entertainment zeitgeist. Why do you think, and we're still not talking romance yet, why do you think the entertainment industry is so keyed in on this type of character? Like, what is our fascination with the rich person stereotype or archetype or whatever you want to call it? Watching a billionaire on screen buy gadgets like Batman is often to me like spending someone else's money. Because I get to like experience say like an extravagant party on screen or in a book or i get to go along with batman when he drives that like ridiculous motorcycle um so i yeah i feel like i i almost spent that money but it's not my money and in real life money obviously is a roadblock in like so many ways so a billionaire on screen or in a book is to me reading like or watching a fantasy where there's no limits so for me, the billionaire characters are kind of like that mix of fantasy and also social commentary in some ways. So 
I think that, for example, like aspiration and escapism are both pretty popular elements in commercial entertainment. And so we get to have this like billionaire living in a luxurious and extravagant lifestyle that many people can only dream of. So those scenes of like fancy apartments or being on big boats, you know, it's compelling to some degree. Also, um, power and influence, because they're often depicted as influential figures shaping the world around them. And that power and influence can either make them like a protagonist or an antagonist. Um, But often folks of like this level of wealth end up becoming um, plot drivers who can really impact the fictional worlds they inhabit. And then also, like I said, I think it can be a good exploration of that moral ambiguity. Like, with great wealth comes great ethical dilemmas and moral ambiguity. So what does that look like when you have everything and can do anything? Are you going to end up being like the wolves of wall street or someone more altruistic? Um, So I can see why fictionally there's a lot to work with that can be fun. It seems like a lot of the same reasons why we love stories about aristocracy, because of course that's, that involves great wealth too, but just that, building on what you've already said, that fantasy of, um, uh, of becoming that. And I think there's, there's even a particular, maybe this isn't just limited to America because you see the, the trope all over the world, but I think there's something particularly American too, about thinking that you could make it like mm-hmm. there's this chance, like going, going back to the gold rush era that you could strike it rich And so I think there's a little bit that ties into the whole fantasy of it is like, maybe it is, could happen to me on some level. We're kind of taught that from children as children, I think. Yeah. I've actually heard that said from like friends in Australia and things too, of like in America, everyone thinks they could potentially become wealthy, which is I've seen given as reasons why there can be like a reluctance for folks to be like, let's tax the rich because mm-hmm. everyone somehow thinks maybe they could become the rich. Right. And <laughs> why, is... and why people continue to support causes that favor the rich yeah. in their voting habits and so on. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's interesting. It is like, I am going back to what you were saying, Megan, about like money being a roadblock because I think in most people's lives, it is to some extent some sort of a roadblock. Like even if you are, you know, middle class and, you know, getting by just fine, there are still stumbling blocks where you can't do something because of money. Right. And so to be able to sort of live vicariously through somebody who has zero boundaries when it comes to that stuff is, is it's fun sometimes, but it is also, I think, I think one of the things that I like to see in stories of people like this, um, whether it's, you know, movies or, or books or whatever, is the fact that, and this is super cliche, but like money doesn't give you everything that you want. And there are some things that are unattainable no matter what kind of, you know, cash you're bankrolling. So. Very true. Okay. So let's get to romance. I admit that my first instinct when I started writing the script was, I don't usually gravitate towards the Richie Rich type in romance. But then, a short movie played in my head of Matthew McFadden as Fitzwilliam Darcy in the 2005 version of his dec- of uh, Pride and Prejudice and his declaration to Elizabeth, where he says, I quote, 
My affections and wishes have not changed, but one word from you will silence me forever. If, however, your feelings have changed, I will have to tell you, you have bewitched me, body and soul. And I, oh my God, when he's, I can't, I can't do it like him. Like, hear Matthew McFadden in your head. I love, I love, I love you. I never wish to be parted from you from this day on. And then I remembered that I have loved the Richie Rich hero (laughs) archetype for longer than I realized. Yeah. So before we get to our Korean chables, the reason why we are here, let's do a quick summary of our favorite favorite Western millionaire, billionaire, or uber-rich for their time period romantic heroes and or heroines. So I have been for a long time a Mr. Rochester fangirl, but I'm going to say that he's not aging great. <laughs> but, I mean... I probably should have picked up on some of the toxic tendencies a little earlier, like, you know, marrying a woman from the Caribbean only to lock her in his attic. Spoiler, spoiler. Um, So, yeah, I mean, look, I'm still kind of into it, but like, I will say, though. Have you ever, either of you, you both don't like period. Maybe Tanya. I don't dislike period stuff just because I haven't seen North and South. So you haven't seen North and South. That was my question. No, not not the one with Richard Armitage that you're talking about. I saw the one like from the 80s about like the Civil War. Okay. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> um, have you seen North and South, Tanya? That's one of the few I haven't seen. I grew up on Masterpiece Theater. I mean, I've okay. seen almost all of it. And for some reason, maybe because it's not British. Don't no, you- it is British. Is it? So this is the the thing is that you can get confused with the American North and South Uh, version, but North and South with Richard Armitage Mm -hmm. is set North and South in England where it's someone from kind of like the Jane Austen, like gentry countryside hits on down times and their family has to move to the industrial North. And so John Thornton is the industrial Chayball, if you like, but you know he's a man who like gets his hands dirty, and they also like have to grapple with like stuff like the mills and all the white dust getting in like the female workers' lungs. I mean, there's a lot of like progressive politics that happens in North and South. Plus, Richard Armitage is just very intense, and who doesn't love a super intense yet wealthy hero? Um, and though this has never been a particular romantic fantasy of mine, I, I just wanted to throw out that a fun fact about me is that I have gone way down the Tudors rabbit hole. And when I'm saying that, like, it's not like I like watched the Tudors and read some Philippa Gregory and called it good. I'm saying like, I have been like, I've taken my obsessive lens <laughs> and mined the entire Tudor period to a frightening degree for like decades so I've consumed a lot of royal fiction from that time period, and I'm just going to leave it there. Like, a lot. You BTS'd it. I BTS'd it. <laughs> That's awesome. I also will say I really liked the season one of Sanditon, which is mm. the, they kind of build it as the Jane Austen book that was never released. And, uh, oh my God, who is in it? That's like the, like, Theo James, Theo James, Theo James, Theo James, who I always think I don't like. He's like a Lehman Ho. Oh my God, he's gorgeous. Oh, I love Theo James. I always am like, oh, he's kind of like born gorgeous, but he's a really good actor. Mm -hmm. Oh, Theo James is. So Sandington was amazing, but he didn't want to do a second season. So they have to like X him out of the plot, which Mm. I haven't watched it since. Not cool. But he is a wealthy Um, in that. 
Okay, so favorite Chaballs. It, it it always goes back to Mr. Darcy. And I think, I don't know if you all want to have a discussion about who's the best Mr. Darcy, because opinions can be very strong on this matter. But for <laughs> me, it is Colin Firth. And I would like to say that I think that Kim Taehyung of BTS would agree with me, because he just recently revealed that he's his like model growing up for his his uh, aristocratic leanings is Colin Firth. But anyway, it's always Mr. Darcy. But I also, in addition to Jane Austen and Masterpiece Theater, uh, I'm an 80s high school graduate, and I grew up on John Hughes movies. And I had the worst crush. I know you're supposed to like Ducky. It's such a good one. It's such a good one. I know you're supposed to love Ducky the best, but I loved Andrew McCarthy as Blaine. Yes! (laughs) In Pretty in Pink. Blaine, that's not a name. That's an appliance. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, I just loved him for all the wrong reasons. So, yes. Andrew McCarthy in any, basically any John Hughes movie. So, that's my high school chayball dream. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. The first one, the first one that came to mind, so that's what I wrote down was Edward Lewis, aka Richard Gere in Pretty Woman. So good. Like that was probably one of my very first like uber rich heroes that I can remember just really loving. I mean, I had I mean, didn't we all have just like a big crush on on Richard Gere in Pretty Woman? Um and then I would say first ever for me in literature was Jay Gatsby. I was I was a major major fan of that book. I mean, The Great Gatsby, I loved it. I mean, I was one of those I read that thing 3 you times. Were not alone. I mm-hmm. Yeah, my original book is like highlighted. I used to like I used to want to pick up like all the inferences and all the like double meanings and um of course he's like toxic as hell, but he was like this mysterious rich guy. And I loved, I loved him. I, lo- I, you know, I still love that book. Um, what's the last line? Something about beating against the wind or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Green anyway. <laughs> yeah. So that's that was probably my 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 first foray. Maybe that should have been like my first clue that I should have been reading romance because I was like really obsessed with that. And then when I really got into um, like millionaire billionaire romance like romance books was of course like 50 shades i did i read 50 shades and then i just went down the rabbit hole of like billionaire millionaire romances and every once in a while i still get a hair and re go through a bunch they still just sometimes they scratch an itch for me so i just looked it up i'm not doing this from memory but i'm just giving you the last line of gatsby because it's so good right thank you and so we beat on boats against the current Born back ceaselessly into the past. That's it. Yes. So good. Yes. Uh, I I mean, this is so. Okay. First of all, first of all, I just have to say like my first when I read yours, I was like, oh my God, Edward Lewis. Like I forgot about him. And I like loved, loved, loved him. Like Pretty Woman. I loved that movie so much. But I am 100% with you on Gatsby. That was the first. And I was an English teacher. Just letting you all know, I was an English teacher for 13 years. And the first book that I read in high school where I truly fell in love with literature was Gatsby. It was also my introduction to, oh, the hero can die in the end. <laughs> or mm-hmm. or who you think is the hero. Because it's not really Gatsby's story. It's Nick telling Gatsby's story. But still, it's Gatsby's story, right? And I was like, oh, this is this is how something's happened. Because Are you spoiling The Great Gatsby? I am spoiling for- the <laughs> Yes. If you have not read The Great Gatsby yet, 
Don't Sorry. at me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but here, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I love this book so much. This is so pretentious. But like, I love this book so much that in the very first book that I published, which is called If Only, and it's a college romance, my hero carries around a copy of The Great Gatsby. He does. I remember that. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that just until you said it just because, now. And I remember I was like, well, I think I was like, we can be friends. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love Great So, Gatsby. yeah. But like. Yeah, that's such a good one because especially because that one is also like a good version of the commentary, right? Because that's like old money versus new money and like, can anybody Mm -hmm. make it in America? Yes, but if you don't make it the right way, if you're not born into it, then it's a different experience. (laughs) And it was, I mean, like stuff that you don't understand, you know, when you're a 15-year-old kid reading this book in your sophomore lit class, which is me. But, like, something just hit me. And, yes, so I read it again later when I was older and still love it. So there you have it. So there are valid criticisms of the billionaire hero, both in romance and general fiction entertainment. Are you ever conflicted about rooting for the uber wealthy? And is this another question of separating reality from fantasy? Fictionally, I can separate it easily. Um, In fact, I binge read this erotic romance series that's actually just called filthy rich americans <laughs> and it's all about just bazillionaires behaving badly down to the fact that it's a core love triangle between a ceo the ceo's son and this like ingenue i remember <laughs> you talking about this i totally it's remember so you wild. talking about this so it includes a maze like a rich person maze <laughs> And the father pretending to be a minotaur. Oh, my God. <laughs> Didn't you also read a minotaur romance? I, look. <laughs> oh, warning, Lori. It was called, like, something with the minotaur. And basically, the it was, like, milking the minotaur. <laughs> it was right. It was, it was morning glory milking farm. That's right. And so <laughs> the heroine's job was to milk the minotaurs. And right. the problem was, is like they made it too anatomically correct. And it reminded me of Moan for Bigfoot. <laughs> right. Which, you remember Moan for Bigfoot? Yes, it was, we do. It came out in like 2013. It's very short. You can probably still find it, but essentially <laughs> it's non-con. <laughs> like gets kidnapped by Bigfoot and like Bigfoot's pretty unappealing mother. <laughs> and like I don't know. I just know that like Bigfoot's genitals were spongy. <laughs> and it was buckets of Bigfoot. <laughs> So Morning Glory just started to feel a lot like Moan for Bigfoot in like not a funny way. It also felt like a people were really into it. So maybe I just never got like through like the maybe I was just still too scarred for Moan for Bigfoot that I never embraced what was. But that being said, was I compelled enough with filthy rich Americans to have like super rich daddy and son both trying to hook it with like the whom pick me <laughs> yeah it was great summer reading but that being said in real life jeff bezos is not wedding my list <laughs> i'm sorry jeff i know this hurts <laughs> but i just think that like in real life you have to be pretty gross to be a billionaire 
And like the fact that you're actively hoarding all that wealth, it's just, it's pretty unappealing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, poor Jeff. <laughs> well, <laughs> now, or not. Now I'm feeling really bad for choosing Blaine over Ducky. Oh, I feel guilty about this. But yeah, I can separate it too. But I do, you know, I, oh, I just love everything Jane Austen so much. But now when I watch them, I think about colonization, you know, and I just think about how did all those families get rich? It was through slavery. And I do, Mm -hmm. I have intrusive thoughts, which I should have uh, about it when I'm watching these kinds of things now. Uh, It does bother me, I have to say. So that's where we're at with that. Yeah, that's a fair point. Jane Austen, this is maybe surprising people, but Jane Austen actually, in one of her later, I think, wasn't Northanger Abbey one of her later works? I'm not good at the timeline. But anyway, and I think it was in Northanger Abbey, she actually included some of this content in that book. She brought up the issue of slavery and the, um, and colonization and the uh, the effects on women uh, in in that story. So not you know it wasn't the central part of the story, but I was surprised that she actually did. Still that. go Jane. Yeah, she was ahead of her time. Yeah, I mean for me, uh, do billionaires in real life look like Park So June like ever? And I mean no. So in fantasy spaces, we can pretend that like billionaires got there by honest means, <laughs> and if they didn't, <laughs> we get to see them kind of come to terms with their past misdeeds and make up for them. At least that's the kind of billionaire stories I like. And I I do totally respect respect people who just do not do the Chable or billionaire romance hero because in their minds, they can't stop thinking about like Elon Musk. So I get it. I totally get it. But for me, I just go in deep in the fantasy and I'm just there like swimming around like Scrooge Scrooge McDuck while Park Sojun worships me and throws dollars at me. (laughs) Or twenties, or Benjamins. Yeah, Benjamins. I mean, like, dollars? No, no. He's throwing Benjamins at me. Yeah, it's a hundred percent fantasy for me. Like, it's there's no way in real life that ever I'd ever like cross paths with an Elon Musk or a Jeff Bezos or anything like that. Right. And I don't want to. So, in a pretend space, I'm here for it. But yeah, in real life, yeah, there's it's not going to happen anyway. So it's all good. Well, now we're going to get to. Our favorite segment, which is the K-pop wreck of the week. And this week we have Tanya and Amy. Woohoo! Yes. And since we're going to see a very special band That's on Friday, right. we want to highlight the rose. Yes, we want to highlight the rose. And here's what I want to say, because I'm still newer to the K-pop K-band space. Like, I don't know if we, do we consider the rose K-pop? They're more K-indie. You know, you know, in the sense that K-pop is the Korean music industry, yeah, yeah, but not not a genre, but a music right. industry. right. But it's it's yeah. a little different than than you would expect, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Tanya, you know, asked me to go to this concert, I was like, absolutely. Uh, can you please give me a playlist? <laughs> <laughs> and she sent me the set list, which is perfect, and I've been listening to it obsessively. So when I picked Tanya up today from the train station. When I, I put the rose on in my car, I put the playlist on, and I said, okay, I want to see if we align on favorite songs. So I, I said, here is my favorite song, um, and it is Cure. And mm-hmm. what did you say? Same, same. I think it's <laughs> Leah's, too. Isn't it your favorite, too, Leah? Or was it at one point? 
It was. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a gorgeous song. It's a gorgeous song. And it is all in English. Not all of their songs are all in English, but they do have a lot of English even in the songs that do have Korean as well. But Cure is all in English, and I think part of, aside from just loving the musicality of it, mm. the lyrics just really kind yeah. of spoke to me. Because it's like this idea of just basically like, like curing your, like curing like the human condition, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. And yeah, I don't know. I just really, really loved it. It really hit me in my feels and their singing is absolutely gorgeous. I can't wait to hear it live. I'm so super stoked. It's a big soaring anthem that kind of can give you goosebumps. Yes. And the whole theme, the album is actually called Heal. And the whole theme of the album is, is healing ourselves and it goes beyond that. And yeah, so it's a beautiful representative for that album. And then we both had a second favorite that was the same. Yes, which is really funny. And what yeah. was that one? They did, well, as as many um, Korean industry groups do, they have songs that they write as thank yous to their fans, like little love letters to their fans. And The Rose has one called Black Rose. Yep. And we both love that one, too. Love it yeah, so it's much. It's a gorgeous song. Oh. Yeah. I mean, like, the whole the whole album is great. The whole playlist for what they're going to be, you know, playing at their show on Friday is absolutely fantastic. And as... Somebody who I said is newer to the K-pop space. If you are looking for an entree into the K-pop space and you haven't latched on to BTS or to ATs or to any of the, you know, bigger bands that we have talked about on the show before, um, The Rose is pretty big if you haven't heard of them, but um, they're, they're just, they just keep rising. And I think... These and their are... sound is evolving, just like a lot of the other Korean groups. They don't stay static. They don't always do the same thing. They've got two new songs out, um, and they're going on another world tour. And they have an album dropping soon called Dual, D-U-A-L, uh, which is going to start... Uh, well, like it, they said, it's kind of half and half. Like one half is a little bit darker and more reflective, and the other half is a little more bright. Awesome. Yeah, lots to look forward to. So yeah, so that is uh, Cure and Black Rose by The Rose. Yes. Uh, Send me that playlist as well. I will. I want it. Yeah, it's awesome. And the new songs are called Back to Me and Alive. I love Back to Me. so good. Alive. Alive is really edgy and cool. Okay, cool. I'm excited. I like them a lot. Thank you for the rec. Thank you. So to start our discussion on the South Korean table, I wanted to do a little research. And according to a New York Times article called Money, Power, Family, Inside South Korea's Chable by Carlos Tejada, the, here's a quote from it. The word comes from the combination of the, char- of the characters for rich and clan. It applies to large groups of interconnected companies that are usually dominated by a wealthy family. South Korea has several, but the best known outside the country are Hyundai, LG, and Samsung. Others include Hanjin, Kumho, Lot or Lati, I'm Lottie, not sure. Lottie, okay, Lottie, and SK Group. The article goes on to discuss how Chables rose to prominence in the time following the Korean War when relief funds turned into loans for businessmen who promised to rebuild the country. The South Korean government, wanting to protect local industry from foreign competition, added an extra layer of protection and support, which turned into table businesses holding nearly two-thirds of the market share by the late 90s, according to the World Trade Organization. 
This is all just to say that the chaebol influence has been ubiquitous in South Korean society for decades, so it's no wonder that Korean dramas often focus on a fictionalized version of the chaebol experience. While in many of the Western media examples of the wealthy hero or heroine, they are portrayed as more of an anomaly, the chaebol archetype shows up again and again in K-drama because of its ever-present existence in South Korean society. Okay, so that about sums it up as far as what a chaebol is and how the chaebol grew to prominence in real-life South Korea, which is just to give a bit of background on the real topic at hand which is the fantasy version of the chaebol that we see in K-dramas. So, who was the first chaebol you were introduced to in K-drama, and what was your first impression of the character? Yeah, I mean, I think this is all of yeah. us, but uh, the first chaebol was Yoon Suri from Crash, Land- Crash Landing on You. I mean, look, I loved her. And the thing is, it's like, this is what I kind of mean where... Like, I felt like I was spending her money. Um, And, like, I got to enjoy her money in a way. So, Because her wealth was the reason we got, like, a badass Captain Rhee makeover montage. She could buy the North Korea ducklings all the beef they wanted. And I wanted those ducklings to gorge themselves on meat. And I wanted Captain Rhee to only have the best cashmere sweaters. So that was a great... (laughs) fantasy and i was like i love that she's a j-ball and of course like just everything about it was you know she just could really uh really really make an entrance and i would also say too the dramas really set me up for like the also k-drama uh trope of like cutthroat chable families who are willing to cut out siblings and whoever else gets in the way of family money yeah, I mean, this, it was the same person for all of us, wasn't it? Like, I think so. you and Sari, yeah. and I love that our first table was a badass, powerful woman. I love that, too. And I just want to add that I'm ashamed because my first go-to was that, it, oh, it must have been Pak Sojun as uh, the Chebol and Secretary Kim. And I went to that because he's a man. So I was yep. deeply ashamed of myself. Oh. But you corrected yourself. <laughs> I you, did. You I did. did. Okay. I was there. She corrected herself. Yes. We also talk about crash landing on you so much that I almost like sometimes don't think of it because I don't want to keep talking about it. Do you know what I mean? So sometimes I don't. I'm like, yeah, I like. So I I almost kind of forgot that it was Yunsuri too. Um, So do you guys seek out Chaebol dramas? Why or why not? I never think I do, but I always end up loving them. So now when I see them come up, I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll take it on. You know, when, like when King the Land came up recently, I said, oh, yeah, I'll start that. You know, I don't mind a good Cheval drama. So, yeah. So here's the thing is, do I seek it out? I don't know. What I seek out is I love a poor little rich boy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so if – and I feel like most Chables are poor little rich boys. It's usually like I am so incomprehensibly wealthy that I like parachute <laughs> to my job. <laughs> right. And yet I have a dad because like I don't know my mom. Yeah. I have a horrible <laughs> home life. <laughs> and I don't know. Yeah, I don't get I don't get super tired of it. <laughs> not if it's done well. It works. Absolutely not. Yeah. No, because it's just like that toxic thing of in real life do i want to heal someone's boo-boos no 
in fantasy life do you want to be like i saved them through my love Mm -hmm. like sure yes (laughs) (laughs) and again that's where real life and fantasy life are different exactly right yeah there's something about the way k-dramas do i would say like the uber rich that i like and if i see that a drama has a table i i'm that's one of the keywords that will draw me in and will make me keep reading to see if it's the drama for me. And it's interesting because I'm not really into necessarily Western dramas that would have that. Like if someone, I, I don't, or Western shows, movies, whatever. And I, I don't really like celebrity type stuff in Western uh, entertainment. But I'm telling you, K-drama is just one of those things where they always get me like they always do things the way I like and I don't realize I like it until they do it okay I think that was a convoluted way to say it that's okay because I I don't I don't think I seek them out but I think I'm like the same as Tanya like I don't think I seek them out but like every time I watch it I'm like oh yeah I love this character like I love this character archetype so maybe I should start seeking them out because apparently I enjoy it every time I see it mm-hmm they often in Korean dramas intersect with office romance, which I thought I didn't like, yeah. but apparently really like. You really like office romance. Like, we know this now. <laughs> I think most of us like a good sundere character, too, and they're almost yeah. always a sundere character. Oh, mm-hmm. very true. So, here's the big question. Who is your favorite Chable in K-drama to date? Uh, <laughs> to the surprise of no one. <laughs> I'm going with Kim Min Kyu from I Am Not a Robot. And look, I know I'm not supposed to talk about this drama. I never, I never gave you that. No, no, no. No, I know. I shouldn't <laughs> say that. I do. I do try to not talk about this drama as much anymore because, like, I'm. I want to give variety to our <laughs> listeners. But the question was, who is your favorite? And I have to be. I have to be honest with the people. And it's Kim Min Kyu from I Am Not a Robot, forever and always. I don't think anyone will topple him for me. So you're welcome. I set you up for that. And I'm happy that I did. did. I'm happy that I did. Thank you. Yeah. So apparently I like my tables to have emotional boo-boos and still be in high school. (laughs) 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 Still be in high school. Because for me, it's a tie between Choi Young-do, who is Kim Woo-bin from Airs, and Baek Young, which is Lee Jae-ok from Extraordinary You. And they are very, very boo-booed and very, very much in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Go big or go home. Okay, so look, I'm not (laughs) going to say favorite, but right now, Guwon from King the Land is rad. I mean, is the drama perfect? No. But is he perfect? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to say that right now I'm just calling it like, I don't think Jun Ho can be in a movie where I, or a show where I'm going to criticize him. Right. I might criticize right, that plot. Right. I will not be criticizing how he's showing up. Yeah. Um, I fully support that. <laughs> but I'm going to go for the character Egun from Fated to Love You, mm. which neither of you have watched yet. And it is bananas and he is a very damaged chayball with a very bad laugh and very bad hair (laughs) and he's literally just amazing the premise of that movie being they both 
in like drama, episode drama, one. Drama, not a movie. Or yeah, drama. The episode one, they both have sex with each other, not realizing who the other, thinking the other is another person. <laughs> and it kind of works. And then they get pregnant. I don't know why I haven't watched this one yet because even after you told us basically like the whole drama, I was so intrigued and wanted to watch it. So I, I have, to, really I have to remember. I have to remember this one because it, it. Every time you mention it, I'm like, oh yes, I want to watch that one. He's an amazing table. Okay, so for me, it is Daddy Long Legs. It so is good. Our Daddy Long Legs, which is Doctor On Jong Won from Hospital Playlist who lives like a pauper, gives all his money away, and saves children's lives for a living, which is why you don't even know he's a chaebol half the time. Aww. <sighs> and is the most perfect human ever, and his name actually means garden. Mm. I, mean, I totally forgot about him until she brought him up. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is an amazing choice. I forgot he was a chaebol. Right? Exactly. Same. So good. He's unique, I think, among chaebol characters. Yes, he is. Yeah. Most of them do not, like... Mm-hmm. doff their chableness and go save children's lives. Correct. But Yuyun Suk does. Yeah. So we posed uh, a question to our Patreon members and they always give us amazing answers. So we had to ask them about chables. So basically we said, you know, do you like chable dramas? If you do, why? And then who are your favorite or least favorite? And yeah, of course, the answers are awesome as always. So we have uh, one comment that says, I think I like <laughs> what just okay. happened. What the fuck was that? There is breaking news. What? Why? Is it BTS related? No. Oh. Oh my God, you scared the shit out of I me. I thought she was joking. Like... No. I was like, it has to come onto the pod right now, though. What? It has to come onto the pod. Okay. Okay. It just hit my my phone just blew up with like a news alert. Okay. On Bo Hyun confirmed dating. (gasps) No. Oh my god. Really? Wait, I gotta look this up. Jisoo from Blackpink. Whoa. Shut up. That is a hot, interesting couple. Wow. Whoa. Because Jisoo's the best member of Blackpink. Let's go. Whoa. Wait. To quote JK, <gasps> damn. <laughs> oh my God, it's all over the place. It's all over the place. <gasps> oh. Wow. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. I just had There's- to throw it out there because that's a good looking couple and Heck, interesting. Wow. Jisoo's like funny and weird. I love that's Jisoo. That's great. Like, I think she has such a neat personality. Like, yeah. everything that I've seen her on, she's really cool i love her voice I love that, like, normally husky... don't get into dating stuff but like on both no, young that's is, like our boo yeah huge and i'm happy for him yeah. like get it yeah no, this is a good this was a good pairing <laughs> that scared i seriously i looked <laughs> back because i thought i thought you choked on a sausage <laughs> Yeah, me too. No, I was listening to you and my phone like buzzed and I looked down and there was like a news alert from Twitter. And God, it was like you on the shit out of me. Confirmed dating Jesus. I'm 
absolutely in love with this news. I'm like, I'm serious. I'm so happy. Look at them. Oh, my God. There's like photos of them together. I know they're just like standing next to each other holding shopping bags, but I don't care. I'm so happy. Wow. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Okay. All right. Back on okay, track. Let's back get on back track. to it. Back on track. Sorry. Okay. So no, no, no. no that is to fine. apologize for. I'm just glad that you are not in need of the Heimlich. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that entire yeah like, I'm, I'm leaving late breaking news in I'm, drama no but you're like <laughs> sound, sound. I'm leaving it in okay people are gonna be they're gonna like run off the road while they're driving listening to this podcast being like oh my god what is that who hit my car anyway okay so this comment which I, I liked it says I think I like chables when they are clearly shown to be outliers like almost weird and socially inept somehow, in contrast to people of average economic status who have competence to handle problems. It levels them in a way, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, another comment, I love this. I love a good Chable drama because in the words of the late, great, notorious B.I.G., mo money, mo problems. <laughs> <laughs> Chable dramas have a way of portraying the weight of the pressure to not mess up the empire that has been built and gifted to you. Being born with a silver spoon in your mouth doesn't mean that they don't have their own problems. It seems like the Chable families are among the most twisted and problematic, like in K-dramas. And yes, I agree. You you know you're going to get some twisty, crazy family stuff when you have Chable families, you know? Like little women. Hello. You're going to get acid in your pipes. <laughs> Acid in your orchid dungeon. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, another comment. This is like, we, we said this. I enjoy a good poor little rich boy story with obligatory mommy daddy <laughs> <laughs> But you got to love the K-dramas also threw in some ad- additional bonkers subplot. Uh, usually some trauma-related ailments or phobia, like in What's Wrong with Secretary Kim, I Am Not a Robot, and Business Proposal. And then we have King the Land, which I haven't got phobia. I haven't is, gotten there yet, so it's okay. You'll get you'll learn in episode two. The phobia is smiles. Excuse me. It's legit <laughs> people phobia. Yep. It's legit a phobia, and I was like, I I'm after I, I learned I messaged Leah, and I was like, I love K drama. <laughs> yeah. I love K drama. <laughs> we learned so much. Of course, this is like a thing. Yeah. Oh, you guys might like this one. Chable, dra- Chable dramas need to be done right. Otherwise, I'm just annoyed. Just because someone has money, it doesn't automatically make them cool or interesting. I have a very low patience threshold for normal people bowing to rich people in dramas. To compare to Jane Austen, her heroes always show their heart of gold via the way that they treat people they employ and the material goods in their possession. For example, in PNP, Elizabeth sees Mr. Darcy in a whole new light when she goes to Pemberley, not because of the size of the estate, but because the housekeeper, Mrs. Reynolds, praises him so thoroughly. Uh, yeah, another comment says, I like Chable dramas because I think it's the because of the fantasy element. I love the idea of a real life Cinderella story. Leah, did you see that somebody mentioned Faded to Love You on the Patreon? I didn't. I was looking at <laughs> on both young tabs. <laughs> <laughs> so just to, just to know that like you, you, you had some support there. So it says, okay, so I love Egon from Faded to Love You because they were unconventional with the trope. So, oh God, we're all going to just, we're done. We're just talking Mm -hmm. about Ambochan. So watch, see you in my 19th life. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is, this is your sign. This is your sign. 
he showers in the second episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or is it episode one even? And, and he's, he's a chable, right? He's a ch- he's, he's a hotel chable. Yes. So let's discuss. Yeah, I mean, he fits in. I'm talking about him because he's a chable. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, you only you only get to make that connection sure. if you watch the drama. Uh-huh. I'm just saying he's, he's wet in every episode, like soaking. Like, he's a wet like but, but most of it's with his clothes on. He's right, a wet but it's still it's he's a wet cha- he's a wet chable. He's a wet he's a very wet chable, <laughs> but not. <laughs> I was gonna say so's G Sue, but that's bad taste. No. Oh my god. Uh, okay, okay, okay. All right, I think that's it for Patreon, but you know, if you uh if you want to read all the comments, you can just join our Patreon. Uh it is a great community and that chable uh post really popped off, I will say. And we do this for a lot of our episodes too, like ask the Patreon to wait in and then, you know, read some stuff on the pod. So it also gives you a chance to guest star on the pod. And I love it because I like getting different perspectives, like just as a podcast host, like I think we love reading what everyone has to say because everyone obviously feels I like different perspectives, but I also like people who like come up with the same idea that I did because then I'm like, you know, I'm like, we're, we're sort of simpatico on that. And I like when, when I find somebody else who sees things the way that I do as well. When people tell me I'm right. That's what I'm trying to say in a really, <laughs> really roundabout way. You're like, I like when people tell me I'm when right. people tell me I'm right. <laughs> no, but like, if you just have the same, you know, the same likes as somebody, that's not like being right, per se. You know? Right, right, but, right. But yeah, I do like to be right. You know, like, like whether or not you should have Italian sausage in a Caesar salad. Right, 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 right. Oh, she'll never live that down. So... Uh, do you have a K-drama Chable character who didn't work for you and why? I don't think that I do, only because like a bad Chable is usually a Chable villain, and I love a Chable villain too. Like we you know, we already mentioned uh Little Women. It's an amazing Chable villain. Edawan class, amazing Chable villain, hello, on on Bohyan <laughs> in that one. Like, yeah, I don't I don't think I have I haven't seen a table that wasn't done well yet. Yeah, I can't think of one either. So I just generally didn't like Reborn Witch. I tried to. Did you watch the whole thing? No. Okay. I bowed out. I just like stopped being interested. I just couldn't invest. I remember when you started, you were like really into it. And then I just never heard you talk about it. I liked it for like a minute. And then I was like, no, I don't like it. I don't know why. I just was not. Well, it's because I have like, ah, uh, what's his name? I just like spaced it. Song Junki. Song Junki. I just can't. It's it's him, not me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I have a hard time connecting with him, and I just wasn't vibing with him on this drama. Um, so I used to shit on something about one percent a lot, and I tried to stop doing that, but I'm back on my bullshit <laughs> and. Like, <laughs> I, because she because it was the question and that's the one I can think of. Um, he was just a jerk. Like I didn't, I didn't, and like, look, I love a good like alpha hole, but to me that was an alpha hole done wrong. Um, he just never redeemed himself, and he was just, just, yeah, just a jerk. Um, to flip the question a little bit, uh, a chable drama that didn't work for me was Tempted, which is kind of like the Korean Cruel Intentions which starred uh, Joy from Red Velvet and Udo Wan. And to the surprise of no one, the Chable character, 
played by Udo Wan, who would have been like Ryan Felipe in Cruel Intentions, um, was great. Like, absolutely amazing. Like, I binged that drama just because I was so obsessed with him in this role. He played the poor little rich boy so freaking well. And he had to be, like, really cold to the heroine at one point. Oh, it was just... it gutted me it's just the drama went off the rails for me uh and he cried a lot unfortunately like at the back half of the drama but he was again fantastic um what's a chable centered drama that you feel like everyone has seen but you haven't and do you plan on watching it so i don't know if like when i came to like has everyone watched no but one that like i feel like gets mentioned not a lot, but from time to time, but I do want to watch is Cinderella and the Four Knights. And it looks like it's like the poor li- the poor little like girl <laughs> basically going <laughs> And four chables. The poor little and four girl. And look, I'm gonna like it. I'm just toxic like that. Like <laughs> I'm gonna like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I I oh did I wanna see it. I heard it was like I feel like I heard that that was a lot of people's kind of like first K dramas. I feel like a oh, lot really? of people who, yeah, a lot of people I feel like had I've seen because it's a Netflix like, oh, yeah, one and it pops up yeah. like it used to pop up all the time as a suggestion for me on Netflix. It doesn't recently because mm. of so much so many other new things that have come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see the like two main popular ones, which is Airs and also Boys Over Flowers, the the Korean version. I've seen uh, the Chinese version, Meteor Garden. Uh, do I plan on watching them? Not really. <laughs> I don't think I. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think I'll watch Boys Over Flowers. I am considering watching Airs, if only for the bean huffing. <laughs> right. There's just a lot about airs that still intrigues me in a way that boys over flowers does not the thing about boys over flowers is and this is the same thing as um secret garden which i watched a while back like those are like classic classic k-dramas like they have that older feel to them you know even though like when i say older we're talking like 15 years ago you know at, at the most um, but right. it, it is, they're very different than, than K-dramas already today. Um, whereas Ayers has more of that modern feel and it, you know, it's, it, it fits, it fits with, with stuff that you've seen, I guess I'd say. Yeah. So I've heard a lot about Kill Me, Heal Me, Kill Me, Heal Me, like it's been wrecked a lot and it actually pops up in a list that we've got coming up in our, our next question. So I definitely want to watch it now that I've read a bit about it. I'd like to see uh, airs just because, again, it gets recommended so much. Kill Me, Heal Me has so many great actors in it. and, and Yeah, I, the cast. Yeah, I mean, the premise always kind of throws me off. Like, it just sounds so over the top. But um, everybody says it's so good. And we know that a great over-the-top K-drama can be amazing. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I, I have never watched Boys Over Flowers. But I'm interested in seeing it just because it's iconic. Um, even if it doesn't kind of hold up to the test of time, you just so. have to you just have to know that you're watching a problematic hero right, and right. just accept it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch F4 too. I am the Thai version. Oh. I'd like to see that. You want to see that version? 
Because I do like the two actors. Okay. Uh, the two, yeah. Because it's meant to be. Well, I, I'm not saying I'm gonna like run to go see it. I'm, I'm interested. Okay. Okay. So, in a Soompi post titled "Soompi and Vicky Staff Talk," what is your favorite K drama featuring Chable characters? They list the following dramas and descriptions: Which have you seen? Which do you want to see? And if you have seen them, did you like the Chable's arc? Okay. So the first one is Dolly and the Cocky Prince Dolly and the Cocky Prince. New Money Meets Old Money in the Chaotic Rom Com in the Chaotic Rom Com that is Dolly and Cocky Prince. Full of laughter, unexpected twists, and touching moments, the drama stars Kim Min Jae as Jin Mu Hak, a man who lacks book smarts but is extremely resourceful at making a living. It sounds kinda of like MacGyver to me. And <laughs> Pak Yu Young as Kim Dali, a woman who is intellectually polished and comes from an elite background but doesn't know how to take care of herself. See, I thought that was about Salvador Dali. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's going to go with a no. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Nope. I'm going to do Boys Over Flowers because I like it. <laughs> oh, okay. When it com- so what the person who wrote the article said was when it comes to Chabal stories, their favorite would have to be what they consider timeless Boys Over Flowers, where Eamon Ho plays Gu Pyo, an arrogant second-generation Chabal and the leader of F4, the powerful group of boys at Xinhua High School. And John D is a girl from a regular family accepted into the elite high school with a scholarship by chance and she is bullied by Gunjun Pyo at first. Like I said, you just have to accept that he's a problematic hero. Uh, reborn rich as seen in dramas including Itwan Class and Eve, characters who suffer due to Chaeballs plan major revenge against them. Viewers desperately wait for the big moment when the main character wins back everything they lost. For fans of this plot, the current for fans of this plot, Reborn Rich is one to check out. Yoon Hyun Woo, played by Song Joon Ki, is a loyal secretary to a Chaebol family who dies after being framed for embezzlement by the very family that he had faithfully served. He is then reborn as the family's youngest son, Jindo Jun, and he plots to take over the company in order to exact revenge. Next up is the Penthouse. The Penthouse is a three-season series, and it's one of the most dramatic revenge dramas. The drama deals with the tale of the residents of the luxurious 100-story Hera Palace and all the greedy secrets, betrayals, and corruption motivated by hunger for money and power. The three mothers, uh, it must be Shim Su Ryon, uh, Chon So Jin, and Oh Yoon Hee, would do anything and everything to ensure their children's success, even if it means committing crimes. Ooh. Yeah. And then, like I said before, Kill Me, Heal Me. So Kill Me, Heal Me is a romantic comedy about a business mogul's grandson, Cha Do Hyun, played by Ji Sung, who has seven different personalities, and a female physician, Oh Ri Jin, played by Wang Jung Um, who becomes his secret doctor after one year of residency. This drama does deal with some heavy issues like violence and mental abuse, but it also seems to rate pretty high on the swoon scale as the leads took home the Best Couple Award at the 2015 MBC Drama Awards. Hmm. Then we have Strong Woman, Dobong Soon, 
which is a hilarious, lively, and dynamic romantic drama that defies pre-existing gender stereotypes. We have Ahn Min Hyuk, played by Park Kyung Sik, who's a chaebol and the CEO of a gaming company, while Do Bong Su, played by Park Bo Young, is a woman with supernatural strength who gets hired as his bodyguard. I love that. And I potted that one with um, Daebak. That's right. Uh, from Always the Critic. So if anyone ever wants to go and check it out on their pod, I did uh, do that drama. Then there's W, where Kong Chul, played by Lee Jong-suk, a handsome millionaire who owns the entire broadcasting studio Channel W, is the main character of a cartoon. After his family was murdered by an unknown killer, he devoted his energy in searching for the criminal and became insi- insanely rich. In the real world, a cartoon artist named Oh Sung-moo is the owner and writer of the bestseller cartoon W. The next up is Secret Garden. And this one's written in kind of a funny way. It says, trope number one, poor girl, rich boy, and the poor girl actually rejects the rich boy. Gasp. She's not playing hard to get. She's not plotting revenge against him. She just genuinely does not find his gorgeous face, perfect body, and never-ending wealth attractive. And we're talking about (laughs) Hyun Bin, by the way. (laughs) So it really kind of puts it into sharp relief. Uh, On the contrary, stuck up and unpleasant, to say the least. Trope number two, they're from two different worlds, but their chemistry is off the charts. The characters' names are Gil Raim, played by Haji Wan, she's amazing, and Kim Ju Won, played by Hyun Bin. Uh, They are from two totally opposite backgrounds, but somehow for two people who have close to nothing in common, they have insane chemistry. And what is not mentioned in the article is the body swapping. (laughs) Freaky Friday, anyone? (laughs) And like, it takes like four or five episodes for the body swapping to happen. And, like, I had known that body swapping was part of this, or at least I'd heard, and I'm like, maybe it's not. Maybe I'm wrong. And then all of a sudden it random, like, yeah. So, yeah, I've seen Secret Garden. And then finally, heirs. This topic can't be discussed without mentioning heirs. Arguably, the Chable drama of all Chable dramas. Although it is mainly focused on the love story of Chaebol heir Kim Tan, played by Lee Min Ho, and his family's housekeeper's daughter Cha Eun Song, played by Park, Sh- Park Shin Hae, almost all the characters in the drama are Chaebols. <laughs> <laughs> Featuring a star-studded cast, also including Kim Woo Bin, Crystal, Kim Ji Won, Kang Min Hyuk, Kang Ha Nul, and Park Hyung Shik. The, seri- er, the series explores all sorts of stories about the elite class, including conflict, romance, friendships, broken families, and more. And as I like to continually bring up, there is an American character who huffs a bag of red bean powder. <laughs> <laughs> so I have not seen any of these, <laughs> and I feel like... Oh. A really terrible K-drama podcaster? I thought I was like, oh, I've seen tons of cable cable K-dramas, but none of them were on this list, so I don't know. Um, Kill Me, Heal Me is a drama. Uh, I know Amy mentioned that a little while ago. Um, It is a drama that I've wanted to see for a while, but I know it's, like, heavy, so I wanted to... (laughs) I was, like, saving time when I felt, like, emotionally prepared for it. Um, The other one that I have heard great things about and that I do want to watch is Dolly and Cocky Prince. So I've seen three because the fourth, Reborn Rich, I stopped. <laughs> so <laughs> I've seen Errors. I have seen Strong Woman, Do Bong Su. And I've seen Boys Over Flowers. 
Um, I do want to see Dolly and the Cocky Prince, especially now that I know it's not about I thought it was about like an art gallery. <sighs> Which I mean I guess I should like to. I mean It I is, should like it is about an art gallery. Is it really? Yeah. So it is Salvador Dali. Yeah, her name is Da Lee, but it's it's a cute you know, basically coincidence with the name of the artist. Oh my god! Okay, so I'm not being so you're like not, totally no, you're not. Wild. You're not completely crazy. No. Okay. It, it's it's about an art museum slash gallery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's a curator, if I remember right. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So I've seen three. So does that make me a better K drama podcaster than Megan? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I may not be able to consume at the rate you do, Megan, but I consume the important stuff, I suppose. You clearly do. (laughs) My stuff's on a list. So the three that I have seen are Boys Over Flowers, Airs, and Secret Garden. And of the three, Airs is my favorite. Though I admit that the main hero, Kim Tan, which is the reason why I ended up at that drama, because of Eamon Ho, he doesn't have a super impressive arc. It's not bad. It's just kind of flat. He's good all the time, basically. My favorite arc that I think continues on after the drama ends, I like to imagine, is that of Choi Young-do. Do I sound like a broken record? Because I always bring up Choi Young-do from this drama. I don't <laughs> care. Okay? <laughs> I have mentioned Goblin. I haven't mentioned Goblin once, but I'll talk about <laughs> Choi Young-do in a Chable podcast as many times as I can. <laughs> That's fair. It's fair. Of all of these, I was surprised. I've only seen two, uh, which is Dolly and the Cocky Prince and Strong Woman Do Bong Soon. Uh, I enjoyed both of them a lot. Um, I think my favorite of the two in terms of the Chebel character was Bak Young Sheik in Strong Woman Do Bong Soon. Because I think, haven't you all talked about this on the pod before? He is such a sweet goober of oh, a romantic lead in this drama. We haven't seen it. Only Leah has. Okay. But, okay. but no. Like, but, him but he's in general, like that in everything. He, 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 he is. Yeah. He is like, in full mode. I mean, he yeah, we is... Yeah, we call him a Disney prince. He is in Disney yeah. prince mega yeah. mode. So you will love it just for that. And it's really lovely and fun anyway. I looked... It's funny. I looked on my drama list because I was like looking just to see like what chable dramas they had because i kind of like needed to refresh my memory and it was i mean it's my drama list so you know take it with a grain of salt because definitely some dramas that were like on their list was were not chables or i think there's also a difference between like a chable drama like he's like he or she or they needs to be like the main focus like and it has to be do you know what i mean they can't just like be rich and i wouldn't call that a chable drama you know what i mean no because a chable is technically like it's a family that's like a conglomerate. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I want that family drama. I, that's what I like about the table romances usually, or dramas usually is, like, yeah, that whole, like, cutthroat family element is the drama right. I like, you know? Okay. So, because I like to give you the platform as much as I give it to myself, Megan. Thanks. <laughs> what table drama that is not on the aforementioned list, would you add as a must-see table drama? Yeah, I'm not a robot. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm not sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> I agree with you, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not, I'm not going to talk about it. Go listen to the podcast that we did on it. Uh, because, yeah. 
Um, and also, what's wrong with Secretary Kim? I, like, hello. To me, he is, like, the chable of all chables. Like, aura. Like, I just think that is, you know, that is, he he is, a, uh, he just is the chable. And I, and I don't think that, you know, just to, just to give a break to Vicky and Soompi, I don't think they were trying to give, like, an exhaustive list, right? Oh, they no. Were just giving, oh, no, that's They fine. were giving their favorites, which is totally fine. But we're just giving ours now, so it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, we just think these could be included, too. I don't have anything to add, because my first thought was Secretary Kim. Yeah. Um, business proposal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, too. I mean, f- rain phobia. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Shove your love interest out of the car. In a store. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'll add one to the list in addition to this, which is we need female representation. So, Siri. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's so talk, let's talk about true. her as a table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, oh, this is actually one thing. One I saw was it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the heroine, I mean, I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. She's a chable, isn't well, she? Mm-hmm. She's I mean, wealthy. Or at she's least, a, she's, she was wealthy before she was an author. She's wealthy. Yeah, yeah she was wealthy yeah, before she's she was very an author, wealthy. so. Yeah. But I think chable were wealth is like a, thing. a CEO conglomerate family. Yeah. She was just wealthy. Yeah, and she lives in a freaking castle. I mean, if and she has a very weird family. So if that's not a chable drama, I don't know what it is. Well, I mean, what do they own? That's, we don't know. Like, that's True. what we need True. to know. Like, are they Hyundai? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Samsung? Right. (laughs) And finally, for you, what makes for a satisfying Chable story arc? I'll just keep it simple and just say a classic Tsundere character. You know, cold at first, but underneath is the heart of gold. I think... (laughs) I'm going to be an a-hole. No, um, I think that Tanya's right. I was going to (laughs) say, I think just a very unbelievable trauma. <laughs> but what I actually like is the Sunder. Like just like that idea that um yeah, just like all the little boo-boos, but they're a little marshmallow on the inside. Who doesn't love it? Yeah, I mean I will always go always go for like a cold chayball who learns to love and then spends their wealth on the love of their lives. And then also finds way to make their money matter to someone or anyone who needs it. And I would say Yunsuri is a great, great example of that. Yeah. I love that we've gotten to talk about her a lot. Yes. I miss I her. Know, I it's know. It's been a I while. Wanna, I like, want to go watch yeah. Chloe again. Yeah. Me too. So for me, it's an emotionally boo-booed table hero who is somehow connected to the heroine's first life a thousand years ago. Is that too specific? <laughs> <laughs> We'll get there. We will. Will we, Leah? We will. <laughs> if they didn't at least know each other as children, there's a problem. Right? Mm-hmm. That's another thing. God, I love, I love, I mean, very classic uh, Chable storyline is that they knew each other mm-hmm. as kids. Like, they, like love it every Whether time. they were friends Never. or they were kidnapped yeah. together. <laughs> oh, God. <gasps> the best. Mm-hmm. The best. Well, that was fun. That was, that was. fun. We covered a lot, and this was a long one. So thank you, I guess, Leah, for not being prepared for what you're supposed to record tonight so that we could do tables. (laughs) Well, yeah. Um. (laughs) (laughs) 
And thank you, Tanya, for joining oh, us. That was a lot of fun. To... Yeah. True. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I've never gotten to pod with somebody sitting right next to me. I mean, except for when we were all together and we did our quick little BTS thing, but like yeah. an actual podcast episode. This is it's fun. This it is new fun. and fun. Yeah. I like it. Allison and I did it once. It was really fun. And I think we did it when it was all of us, right? For Afternoon Army yeah. for um, the Suga concert. Yes. And the three of us did it on my iPhone. We did. Right. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's it. Uh, and thanks for listening. And until next time. Come Samnida. Thank you for listening to Afternoon of Delight. Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to afternoonadelight.com. That's A-F-T-E-R-N-O-O-N-A-D-E-L-I-G-H-T dot com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K-pop and K-skincare recs, and if you want even more Afternoon of Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon, where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, annyeong!